Hey everybody, I'm Tim Whitaker, along with Rob McMichael and Jordan Renault. This is our podcast, Coffee, Theology, and Jesus. Our purpose for this podcast is to discuss this messy, difficult, and amazing thing we call the Christian faith. As Christians, we are encouraged and challenged constantly to see what the Bible teaches us about who Jesus was and how he lived and how we can better represent his message every day. Join us each episode as we explore how this relationship with Jesus affects everything from politics and religion to relationships and theology. Now that you know a little more about us, let's get into this week's episode. Episode number 62 was another Facebook Live podcast where we tackled the Christian response to COVID-19 or the coronavirus. We get into all aspects of this topic, including the shift in church culture, who to believe, government distrust, how to appropriately react, what loving your neighbor looks like, and literally so much more. We are really thankful that you are joining us and hope that you enjoy this episode. Live from New Jersey. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Monday night. It's Monday night. <laughs> not Tuesday. Oh my gosh. Correct. It's not Tuesday. I don't know what. Oh my gosh. My head is so screwed up so <laughs> anyway welcome everyone to the coffee theology and jesus podcast we are back live streaming again because the last time was so much fun and also i will mention productive i thoroughly enjoyed arguing with people it was great mainly russell palmer i don't think he's even on this one which is good i don't want him <laughs> on here russell if you're watching this turn it off so we have a jam-packed show for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I think. So <laughs> just, that's really our reputation as uh, people that like to jam-pack content into yes, things. Yes. This is a professional show. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> we do a lot of show prep on this show. We do a lot of research. We do mm. a lot of digging to find the truth. We want hard hitting facts. Hard hitting. Rob, I think as a, a first fact we should share, why don't we share our percentage increase from <laughs> from uh, our audience engagement from month uh, over month? Yeah. So um, last month, we didn't really post any new podcasts. No explanation. And... No explanation. Just give okay. the number. All right. Just give the number, Rob. <laughs> so our month over month people reached <laughs> is up 42,900%. <laughs> Yeah, percent, not people, percent. <laughs> percent, 42,900%. So thank you, everyone that tuned into our live video, because that's why. Yeah. 42, All 42,000 of you. Oh, my gosh. I... <laughs> <laughs> we know how Facebook works. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, you should do. If we weren't the epitome of boomers last Facebook, how do I share this thing? Why can't I share it correctly? I don't understand how this works. Johnny. I shared it to a page I own of a business that I started for like three days. I shared it to that page by accident. Oh my gosh. That's where all our watches came from. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's hop into today's subject matter. Friends, if you're watching and you want to chime in or you have any questions or comments, use that chat box. It is great to have interaction. And also, if you can help us out by sharing this post, that would be great as well. We enjoy these conversations a ton. And I think going live gives people a great way to interact with um, topics like this in a way that isn't so um, text heavy via my Facebook statuses. So if you want to argue, now is the time to argue because we're doing this <laughs> live in real time on the internet. So just take into account that uh, we do have the advantage as people can hear our voices and they cannot hear yours. That's true. We have so. home court advantage. Um, <laughs> so tonight we're going to talk about um, the Christian res response we've seen to the crazy coronavirus pandemic outbreak. And it, I don't think it's all bad. It's actually not all bad. And no. I think I think it's going to talk about because whenever times like this happen in the world, I mean, this is kind of unprecedented, but whenever like tragedy happens like this or things that really disrupt people's normal flow, you do kind of see things kind of come out of the woodwork that could be great. And also kind of weird. So I think it's important mm. to talk about this stuff because it kind of gives, I think for me, it gives me a pulse of where Christians are theologically. And sometimes I think it's great. 
And sometimes I'm kind of terrified <laughs> and I'm like kind of confused. So Rob, is this where your Pew research is this, does this come into place here? Or is this later on? Uh, it's, I think it's a little later on, but I, I can at least state. Um, so Pew research did uh, some research and a lot of polling in between. I think it was like March, to the 16th or 10th to the 16th somewhere around there because uh, on the 13th is when Trump um, finally recognized it as a national state of emergency so it was before they proposed sending the 500 billion to taxpayers um, but so they did the research and I think the prominent thing that we can look at as to the response is most white evangelicals were satisfied with Trump's initial response to the coronavirus outbreak. So his initial response was more or less, hey, this is blown out of proportion by the media. Um, it is a pandemic, but you know, it's not that serious. And most white evangelicals were satisfied with that. I think it was like 76% or 77%. So it wasn't like 51%. It was a significant amount. And through Trump declaring it a national state of emergency and everything, everyone was pretty satisfied. So I think that maybe is a, an opening spot as to how do we think as Christians, our governments, our, whether it's the federal level, the state level, the local level, how do we feel that our, our leaders have done in um, handling this this outbreak well i think before we get to the how we view that what the leaders did let's talk about the church's response i think that, that ties yeah. right into this yeah so obviously i don't have my pulse on every single church in america i don't have data that shows like the majority of churches i can only speak on what i've seen personally right i think most churches that i've been a part of or that are in my local area have actually responded really well they take the, they take it seriously they have stopped having services they respect the governor's wishes and decided you know yeah for the sake of our community and the sake of loving people well we should probably live stream our services so a lot of things have went there right but there have been a few pastors including one who got arrested today in florida who have totally just kind of defied the order but like screw it no way we're still gonna meet and it comes from i believe a very strong distrust of government right? This idea that government wants to take over, wants to control your life, wants to, it wants to take away your guns, take away your freedoms. And I think that does link into why so many evangelicals give Trump two thumbs up for the initial handling of the situation, because they already distrust government. So when Trump distrusts government <laughs> publicly, you know, like, oh, we're, the people are overblowing it. It's not a big deal. I think that, that, fuels that mentality of yeah you're right like the government is just trying to it's fear-mongering like it's not that serious i'm not going to listen to what the government has to say because you know the government has liberals and they want to take over america and like ruin my life kind of thing you know but i think what we're realizing as we're going down this road even extreme talk radio pundits like the sean hannity's and rush limbo's of the world they fully admit like this is a major problem that we have got to figure out of course trump now also agrees which is great i'm happy that he sees how serious this is and, you know, is, is giving a lot of aid to states. And I've heard a lot of governors, including Democratic ones, actually give Trump kudos for giving them aid. So I think that's a really good thing that we should definitely celebrate for sure. But to come back full circle, I do think that, especially in the beginning, including myself, I kind of was like, is this, you know, what do we do with this? Is this kind of overblown? Is this, is this media hype? You know, I don't really know. And some of that, I think, is also media inflicted. You know, I don't think that, that, that the media is this white knight and has always been, like, really honest and really fair in, and, uh, in their journal, journalisming, you know, of, <laughs> I don't know, however you pronounce that word. But, Vocabulary you know, with Tim. <laughs> well, actually, Ben Shapiro, ben Shapiro calls it that. But <laughs> um, my point is, is that I think that there are a lot of things that kind of made a perfect storm of like, oh, it's, I'm, they're crying wolf. It's not a big deal. Turns out this time it actually is a big deal. And we should be social distancing because this disease, this virus is really deadly. And it's a shame to see a couple 
including a few big pastors who have big churches, just kind of play the God will protect us. Like we're going to meet, you should hold hands, you know, kind of that, like the over spirituality side of like, God will cure everything. And by cure, just praying, no, no medicine necessary, you know, kind of thing. I think that's really dangerous. So, yeah, I think the other thing that's made it really hard is just the not knowing what's going on or what's going to happen. And even at this point, it's like, we don't know what's going to happen the next week or two. And then back, you know, the beginning of the month, we didn't know what was going to happen in the middle of the month. So it's really easy in response to anything that's being said, either by the media or whoever, that, oh, it's being blown out of proportion or, and then looking back, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, And to say that, you know, this reaction was not enough or too little. But yeah, it's been interesting to see the different responses from the christian community for sure yeah i can i can say along with you tim i i think speaking honestly about my own perception of it i underestimated it and didn't think it all the way through at the beginning it's like oh the media has totally blown us out of proportion like it's look at the flu the flu kills so many people every year and this is just like the like a milder version of the flu but then as you know you start reading articles you you look at what the medical community is saying you're like okay actually this is a lot more serious than we thought that it is and maybe we should take this a lot more seriously and uh but i but i think that that view was held on too long too long was held too long by um christians in general especially with like you were saying some of the local churches well, no, Hebrews 10.25 says we can't forsake the gathering of ourselves together, even when our government says that we shouldn't. Well, what about the, the weak and the elderly and those that have compromised immune systems in our local churches that now are being exposed to this deadly virus um, that we can't predict? Yes, and I think that a lot of Christians, because of, again, the already distrust in our government, thinking that the government secretly wants to take away religious freedom. They saw this, like these guidelines as a way for the church for the government to finally get their wish and like ruin churches. But that's not the case. Like in this, in this particular case, the reason why these guidelines are out is because this virus is very, very contagious. Like it's three times as contagious as the flu. That's, that's the biggest problem with, or one of the biggest problems with the coronavirus is that it, it transmits way easier. But again, when you have this distrust and you're kind of, I don't want to say brainwashed, but you're kind of brainwashed to think that all government wants to do is to take your money and take your rights and ruin your life and pretty much persecute you, uh, persecute, persecute you. <laughs> then all of a sudden, when like a real pandemic happens and the government's job becomes to protect people, now we don't trust that. And again, I think that for the most part, especially in my area and churches that I know and have seen, uh, the church culture as a whole, I think, has done a really good job of responding, and they've, like, adapted really quick, and I think that's really great. But there definitely are a few holdouts that have just kind of put egg on all of our faces because they've taken, like, you know, either a, a one Bible verse or, or, you know, whatever, and just uh, have woven this, like, really weird theology of, like, see, like, God will protect us miraculously, like, cough on me. I don't care because I have God. It's like, it's so reckless. And I don't understand why there's this, there's this like separation of science and faith in this respect where it's like, guys, we can still be wise and take medicine and social distance and mm -hmm. still trust God at the same time. Like these things can work together. They don't have to be separate issues, yeah. but it seems like at least on social media, some of these graphics I'm seeing and some of these memes I'm seeing are like, they're scary as far as uh, theologically what they're saying, you know? <laughs> and they've traditionally been known to be so theologically sound, those uh, <laughs> Facebook posts. <laughs> yeah, well, all of my posts are definitely theologically sound. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fully researched, vetted. Fully. There is no <laughs> venting on my, on my statuses. It's, it's pure thought out research. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> not at all, you know, an emotional response to anything. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Definitely not an emotional response to anything. Definitely not triggered by a news headline. It's pure yeah. 
emotionless fact. Yeah. Yes. What's that? Uh, on a serious note, what was that? Martin? Was it a Martin Luther quote that was going around from like his? Somebody asked him when he commented on like the plague or something. Oh, this is just yeah. really good. I, it was just a very good like you were talking about that balance of, you know, me taking precautions is not me not trusting God in this and really like doing the things that we need to do to keep other people safe who are more vulnerable is, you know, a really loving and sacrificial thing that we as the church can do. Yes, actually, if I can mention something about that, I actually, um, I think that's a huge point that, that we've missed is that if, even if you don't agree with social distancing and you think this is overblown for the sake of the old people in our community and in your community, please <laughs> socially distance yourself. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's kind of interesting. And again, this is not everyone, but I have seen quite a few people. Uh, one person in particular I'm thinking of in like a forum I'm a part of kind of posted like, listen, I'm living my life how I want. And this is like a Christian, you know, like I'm living my life how I want. I'm not going to socially, I'm not going to uh, social distance. You know, it's not, it's my call to make. And I was like, dude, what does loving your neighbor actually mean in times like this? Like, like think it through the two greatest commandments, love God with everything and love your neighbor. They really come into play at times like this. Mm -hmm. and, and we have to be aware that even if we don't agree, part of the gospel is that we give up our rights for the sake of someone else. That's, that's the heart of what Jesus literally did on the cross, gave up all of his rights for someone else. That's the whole point of sacrifice. Right. So I, I just find it so interesting that, and again, I don't think this is intentional, but we're so self-centered still as Christians that we're like, we're, we're again, we're, we're wired and brainwashed to think it's all about our rights. Well, if I can't mm -hmm. pray where I want, if I can't say one nation under God in, in the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, oh, like that is just so unchristian. I think what can be more unchristian is being so self-centered in times like this and not taking care of your neighbor, honestly, you know? And I, I think on that point, you, you know, we were talking about the that mindset of distrust of the government and distrust of um, the government's good intentions when it comes to religion. But I think the flip side of that also is very true that the world looking on Christians is also very skeptical about what they actually believe. And so when something like this happens and the Christian response is, well, God will protect me. That, that is what the world looks on and sees is a Christian culture that says, I care about myself and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z without loving my neighbor. And they're going to call Christians out on that every time because it's going to say, but doesn't the Bible also stay? And you've already quoted the two commandments of, of the Lord himself. And um, I know when we, when we decided um, our local church to, to forego all of our uh, scheduled services it was the the elders in making that decision was we want to have a good testimony and we feel this is the best testimony to have when the government around us is and it wasn't mandated at that point but it was a strong suggestion they came to that conclusion what is most loving to our to our neighbors is it to say nope we're gonna preach jesus and don't you worry about it you can come on over here and get the corona or hey, we're going to suspend these services, we're going to work through this, we're going to do things a little bit different. But we see this as more loving than our compelling desire to meet together, which yeah, I, I agree, all of us in our in local churches are missing that bonds that we get and the fellowship that we get and just being together. But there is a greater cause that's going on right now. And it's not it's not forever. This isn't going to last forever. Hmm. But there, this is an opportunity to preach, to practice what we are preaching. Yeah. It's like, do you care more about being right <laughs> than you do about helping other people? Well, that's like... a, that's a very different and big topic, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I, it's important. Yeah. It's it, Well, maybe we can say, here's, here's a symptom of that kind of thinking. You're seeing it happen here. Right. Yeah. And again, I, I think many, many Christians, I, I would say even most like followers of Jesus are taking this super seriously, are self-isolating, are being aware of that. I definitely think that, but there definitely is this like undercurrent. There's enough people who are not doing that, who are Christians to at least mention it enough. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's not every single Christian, but it's definitely a, a healthy chunk 
that is like, screw it. Like, it's my right. And like, the government's not going to tread on me. And this is just government overreach. And it's like, dude, you're, you're missing it. You're missing mm. the whole point of being a Christ follower. You're totally missing it. Yeah. Um, and it can, you know, it, it can come out some ugly ways, frankly, sometimes, you know, it just can. Yeah, um, definitely. I wonder how much of it though, is coming from a, like a genuine place of, I mean, as misguided as it may be of like wanting to trust God through all of this and maybe just having it play out in a not great way. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess you're definitely, I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate for a second, but if you think about it in that way, like I have this church and I really want to demonstrate to my community how much we trust God, you know, to take care of us through circumstances. And if that's kind of the only way you're thinking about it, the logical conclusion of that, I feel like would be to continue as if things were normal. Obviously that's flawed <laughs> thinking and you're not looking at the whole picture when you do that. But I guess my point is just that, I can see where it's coming from and maybe not just a place of, well, screw the government, but maybe a place of, I want to do this thing that is good to demonstrate, you know, God's care and his faithfulness to his people, um, but just not thinking it through totally. Well, I mean, that that definitely could be a big part. Obviously, you're not thinking it through, you know, it's, you know, that, uh, what's that? The joke where like um there's a flood and the guy's on top of his house and oh, yeah. a boat comes by and he's like no no god will save me right right and then a helicopter comes yeah. by god will save me and he drowns and gets to heaven and it's like god why didn't you save me and god's <laughs> like i sent you a boat and a helicopter you know what i mean right right yeah. that's how i kind of <laughs> see that it's like okay and again this 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 is why i think and i'm not saying that i somehow um have any kind of like secret insider knowledge to this stuff but this is why bible knowledge is important and understanding the bible as best as we can is so important and i realize that's a big can of worms to open but your theology does determine like how you live your life right your orthodoxy mm -hmm. does determine a lot of your orthopraxy how you live mm -hmm. and if you have a, a view where god just like beams things down from heaven and will just like, you know, miraculously without any explanation, put a hedge of protection around you and you're never going to get sick. It usually comes from like pretty bad biblical, like exegesis, you know, and it's mm -hmm. like, okay, but what if the way it, what if people are made in the image of God and God uses people to represent himself well, and God is using doctors and medical professionals and Bill Gates to create ways to solve this issue. And that's how God's working. Tim. But that's what Bill Gates thought. is a Democrat. Sorry. God, God Sorry. <laughs> You're right. He's also part of the deep state. He's part what of the deep thinking? state. Speaking of not thinking things through. <laughs> you know what? I, I forgive me. I'm sorry. I didn't want to invoke a, a Democrat's name in this conversation. Um, uh, but anyway, you, you get my point, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I agree with you, Jordan. I do think a lot of it can come from that. And that just shows, I think, um, an issue we have with, you know, our Protestant faith where you have a lot of different denominations that kind of feel like they're all kind of right and they teach how they see fit and mm -hmm. there's no like there are there's definitely a standard as far as like the essentials of the death and resurrection you know jesus and stuff but a lot of other things that really matter there isn't such agreement on and it shows in times like this it just does you know yeah and i feel like that's almost like a self-serving response even what i was saying like if you're going to go at it from that angle of you know, this, I want to show this to the world about God or about the church. That seems to come off to me as very like, you know, I want to prove this thing is right about us, you know, and I want everyone to see it and I want them to see how wrong they've been about the church or about God. Um, and definitely, I, and that's such a, like a prideful stance to take on that, I think. I am a big believer, um, and this is something I wrestle with because it's just part of our American culture, that pride is a very American thing, and it's also a very, very American church thing. I think we really like knowing or thinking that we really are right and that the, mm. the, the evil atheists are just so wrong. And, and we, we want people to know it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah. We, want, we want to prove <laughs> 
that right. God is real and he's not <laughs> dead. And we're going to make movies about this that prove God's <laughs> not dead one and two and three. And they will be mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> and the atheists will repent, right? And it's like, right. I just, again, I just think that that's not the, that is not the prime, the um, primary motivation of what we see in the gospels or in even the Bible. <laughs> we don't see that as like the primary factor. This idea of mm -hmm. like, listen, I am a hundred percent right. You're completely wrong. And I can't wait until you have to eat this crow. I'm going to show you how wrong you are and how immoral you are <laughs> and how sinful you are. Right. And it's like, okay, you're just, you're, you're getting so far. Um, the cart's so far ahead of the horse. It's so far ahead. There's no more horse. It's just a cart. And it's like, it's crazy. You know, and I think you lose a lot of people. I think you lose a lot of people that way. Would you say, so this is probably going to open up a whole different can of worms, but would you say that it, I think it's tied at least partially into our own insecurities mm -hmm. where we're looking at ourselves and maybe we're not as grounded in the truth that we proclaim that we are. And so when somebody comes and challenges it, instead of, you know, doing the, wow, I didn't think about that and investigate it. It, it's almost like we dig in our heels and now we have to prove them wrong instead of going to the foundation to make sure our foundation is secure. Right. And so it's, it's proving them wrong instead of, well, is Jesus right? Because it's not even so much about, do I believe that what I believe is right? Because if yeah. that was all it was about, then you could just stand firm on that in your own mind and heart yeah. and be satisfied. But mm -hmm. it's not, I think when you take it that step further of, I need everyone else to see how right I am or to see how right we are about this thing. Then that's, that's not at all about, you know, truth anymore. It's about pride. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. And also, I mean, you're, you're right, Robert, it's kind of a can of worms, but we have to be honest and recognize that um, American Christianity sometimes can leave a lot left, a lot left to be, uh, to be desired, you know, like, it doesn't, it doesn't always have good answers to issues that I think maybe it should. And, and that's something that we have to, we have to be honest about. It doesn't mean that I think Christianity is wrong or anything like that, but we have to be aware that, that the flavor of Christianity that we have in the States sometimes does not make the right decision on some major issues. And we have to be willing to wrestle with those things. And we have to be willing to also admit that that the answer, well, because it's it's in the Bible, isn't always a good enough answer to people who don't take the Bible as the word of God. We have to be, again, be honest about that. And honestly, too, if the Bible is true and Jesus is real, no matter how deep you dig, you're only going to find more support for that, right? If, it, if that is reality. So we should have mm -hmm. nothing to fear. But you're right, Jordan. I do think that when we do get challenged and we don't have a good enough answer, instead of saying, you know what, so-and-so, I never thought about that before. I get, I get back to you. We have to start just kind of regurgitating the one-liners that we're taught to say, well, it's in the Bible. Well, the Bible is God's word, but you can't argue with God's words. Like it's like this circular logic and people are like, uh, that's not good enough dude. Like I'm not, I can't, I can't have a discussion with you on, on those terms. Right. Awkward I, pause. I had a, <laughs> I had a thought and I it was coming. completely <laughs> lost it. <laughs> Well, yeah. how about while you're thinking of that, I share some of my favorite um, graphics that I've seen <laughs> regarding terrible theology in the coronavirus. Oh, Dude. I remember. Dang I it. remember. Sorry. All right. You're good. Uh, well, see, because we're still on this topic and you're going to go back to the other topic. Okay. So. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. Um, it, along what we've been saying, I think is the, the American Christianity issue at its heart is we're more concerned about Christianity than we are about Christ. We're more concerned about what our, let's, let's call it for lack of a better term, our political party um, is and what they're doing than we are with what Christ and his mission and calling in our lives. We're more concerned about our own rights and freedoms and, and what we deem as we need to survive than what Christ has called us to. And I see it in my own life too. I, I get comfortable and I want to be able to do things that I do. But if you go back to, you know, the origination of the local church or the church as a whole, they were one of by far the most persecuted uh, group of people in that time. And 
did it get squashed and squandered and nobody hears about it anymore? No, 2000 years later, it's one of the largest religions because uh, relationship, Rob, <laughs> relationship. That's okay. It's not religion. It's relationship. Why did you go into a Trump voice right there? I don't know. <laughs> I just, it felt natural. It felt right. <laughs> I don't know what that says, but. <laughs> See, tr even Tim <laughs> believes Trump is a Christian. <laughs> a baby Christian, a baby Christian. <laughs> but if we were more concerned about what Christ thinks than what the Christianity culture thinks, I think this wouldn't be as big of an issue as it is. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. It, it feels good when somebody points to something the church has done or that a Christian has done and holds it up and is like, look at this awesome thing that was done. Um, and, you know, you kind of want to hang on to that and you want to be in that position. But the reality is that, you know, we're not always going to be on the right side of things in that way where you yes you know. <laughs> i don't understand why we can't repent like it just seems like it's so hard for people to admit yes what we did in the 70s with with racism in the in the south and jerry falwell's moral majority which started out of school segregation and fighting that fighting um reintegration it's okay to admit hey we were on the wrong side of that like that's okay and we repent and we move on and we get on the right side of that. But for some people, it's just like they would rather pour acid in their eyes than admit that, like, yes, at times Christianity has done things that have not been on mission the way that Jesus would want them fulfilled. I mean, we have to be able to admit those things. I I, I firmly believe that. Or how, how else do you learn? And also, how else do you demonstrate humility? How mm. else do you demonstrate repentance or forgiveness if you can't even ask for it um because you're just too prideful because you know america or whatever whatever <laughs> is that you're, you're leaning into because america <laughs> and i do think you're right rob you know like and this is probably a topic for a different time but and we've talked about it a lot here on the podcast and previous episodes there is a really weird love affair with american christianity and um conservative politics now obviously there are some christians who are on the left as progressives but they're way i mean the the ratio is like and let's be honest are they even christians <laughs> well shane claiborne i think is definitely a christian for sure even though he leans way more left on some issues <laughs> um but my never, point, never heard of him <laughs> but, you know, my point though is that i just don't understand this very strange mixing of these certain political ideas that really aren't very kingdom focused at all. And I don't think that I, I think you need to be able to debate these issues. I think that there's a lot of room. And I think honestly, Christians can land in a whole different like range on like a spectrum, you know, of, of, of how you handle the poor and how you handle uh, social issues. But that's the problem is that you can't now, like if, if you land more on the left side of like, hey, I think the government should be able to expand benefits to the poorest among us. Somehow you're labeled a socialist by Christian people and you can't possibly be a Christian. So that's my biggest beef is like, there's no room to have a real discussion. It's either you're conservative or you're just a socialist, atheist, liberal who wants to burn America down. You can't have a discussion that way. Um, and I do think too, last thing I'll say, but we can move on. Whenever I do have conversations with people who are ultra conservative in person, we always tend to find way more common ground than arguing about it over Facebook. So I do think that like the social media divide is real and it really adds a lot of fuel to a fire that otherwise probably wouldn't be so hot because once you're in front of someone, you communicate totally different. You want to find common ground. You usually want to debate the issues because you want to learn. So right. I think that has a huge, a huge, say in this stuff but it's all we have right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's no human interaction we're not allowed tim russ uh really quick i'm a little, we're on a slight <laughs> delay russell palmer my favorite person ever <laughs> just chiming away i gotta ban this dude i'll give you some free speech russell not on my live stream banned <laughs> just kidding uh he says someone please give tim a history book we can discuss this in private but i Look it up, man, my friend. Google will tell you all. So, was he referring to something in particular? I'm guessing probably the Jerry Falwell thing with with uh, okay. issues, but 
anyway, I'm, I'm well, that's well established. All right. I want to get to my favorite segment now. Okay. Come on. Can I get to it, please? Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> so everyone who's watching this, um, I have collected three or four of my favorite um, insert Bible verse here, coronavirus, um, you know, um, just terrible theology. So I want to, yeah. I want to read if, a few if of these. You're a, if you're a friend of Tim on Facebook and it was you that posted this thing, Tim wants you to be offended. I do not. That's why I'm not saying any names. <laughs> and, uh, All right. But so you know who you are. I saw this one shared around quite a few times. So it's a graphic. It's, it's like a meme, but not really. It's serious. It says, quarantine is in the bible and then it quotes isaiah 26 20 go home my people and lock your doors hide yourselves for a little while until the lord's anger has passed that's a great one i too like take like taking the torah and like applying one verse in isaiah to right now 100 <laughs> percent. but again things like this what are they hinting at God's angry and judging us and we have to go hide. I, I it, it, where's the connection? There's no connection here. Ugh. Continue. Yeah, <laughs> All right, continue. All right, continue. This is my favorite. This one's this was a little bit longer. Okay. Bear with me though. I gotta, I gotta pull it up. Uh okay. Hold on, I gotta find it. I have it here somewhere. Oh, here it is. Okay, everyone. This is a little bit longer, but it's it's a good one. You ready? Well, we've been yeah. ready. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. In three short months, just like he did with the plagues of Egypt. So great. This is comparable to the plagues of Egypt. Hmm. God has taken away everything we worship. God said, you want to worship athletes? I will shut down the stadiums. You want to worship musicians? I will shut down civic centers. You want to worship actors? I will shut down theaters. You want to worship money? I will shut down the economy and collapse the stock market. You don't want to go to church and worship me? I will make it where you can't go to church. And then it quotes, <laughs> if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. I feel Maybe, like it's not done. Oh God, yes, <laughs> Maybe we don't need a vaccine. Who needs uh... vaccines? Maybe we need to take this time of isolation from distractions of the world and have a personal revival where we focus on only things that matter in the world. And what matters? Jesus. Hmm. <sighs> Amen. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I feel like for that to make sense, you have to take out of that verse where it says my people and insert America. America. <laughs> like, how about the rest of the world? Like, do you think no, I... he's talking about? Well, first of all, he's, that's is that an Old Testament verse? Yes. We're talking about the Israelites. First yes. of all, maybe you could make the jump to like the church as a whole, but it's still the church. The church. <laughs> it's not a country. He's oh. not talking about a country. Also, again, this goes back <laughs> to that American pride. Like, there's no other world, there's no other country that's being affected by this. Like, do you think Iran <laughs> worships athletes? Like, no, they don't. They have a whole different. Well, culture, they have their own you know? things that have angered God. Right. But it's clearly. like, you're right. God is so focused on America. He's going to curse the whole world just to punish America. I mean, come on. Uh, this stuff gets me so fired up. It's, it's so ridiculous. But Christians are posting it. Christians are sharing it and then people are, are typing. Amen. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to repost. Like yeah. that is, that is terrible theology, horrific theology. It's not <laughs> even close to accurate. Do you have any more? Um, the only other one I saw that I thought was worth sharing. I have, I have seen a lot, but this one's pretty good. Um, this is about um, not really coronavirus, more about the headline reads. This is from the New York post. A very trustworthy news source. Swedish people are getting implants in their hands to replace cash and credit cards. Where mm. do you think this is going? Um, probably something six, having six, to do six. with... Uh... That's right, Rob. And what's, <laughs> what's the quote? Revelation verse 16. And he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free bond to receive a mark of their right hand or in their forehead. And that mm. no man might buy or sell, save he that had had the mark or the name of the beast, or the number mm. on his name. Let's point out the main problem with that is that that was King James Version. Yes, I agree. Hey. <laughs> I didn't even read it. <laughs> that don't make no sense. Thou shalt not say that about the King James Version. <laughs> uh, oh, Rob. <laughs> so the reason what, that... Yeah, go ahead. I, well, this is what... 
I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to put all the blame on like church because obviously there's it's not about that. But I do wonder like, oop, am I muted here? No, I'm not. Sorry, I thought I got muted for a minute. I do wonder. If only. <laughs> I'm done. That's it. We're over. I'm ending this no, episode. Keep going. <laughs> um, I just wonder like, what do these people hear in their in their sermons in their church services? Like, what what gives them? like any inclination that that taking a verse and ripping it i mean totally ripping it from its context and from where it sits and like is a good idea and then it makes sense like yes god is punishing america because we kicked god out of school i mean come on it's crazy yeah i was gonna say i think this comes back a lot to people just looking, wanting an explanation for things that they can like wrap their heads around. And it's, you know, and it definitely you get into that reaching and grasping for anything. Um, But I I like that article you sent us earlier, the NT right one. Um, And I don't know, I, I didn't look into it like super deep to see how much I agree with everything that he said, but the general spirit of it being that, sometimes things happen and it's not meant to be explained by, you know, a Bible verse or, you know, an, an, an end times prophecy is not going to explain everything that happens into our lives, even if it is something that's really bad. Um, and then I read another article too, which was a little bit different from, I think it was John Piper. It was on the, uh, what's his, the website? He's a Calvinist, God. so I don't like yeah, John Piper. I know, I know. Shut up. He's a moderate. <laughs> what was that comment said earlier about all Reformed theologians are obviously correct? Yeah, something like um, that. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I mean, he was essentially saying a lot of the same thing, except he kind of took it and was like, you know, the Bible does have things to say about this, but then like in a general way of like, you know, God is sovereign, God is, you know, in control and... um Obviously, that would be the Calvinist response, right? Um, well, and that he also decreed <laughs> and ordained it, but different discussion. Right. So, but I mean, he, he essentially said a similar thing, though, about um, not everything has an explanation. And that doesn't mean that it's not um, like that we can't respond to it in a like from a biblical worldview and from a from a, a stance of being a Christ follower and looking to the Bible to be our guide through this, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yes, the article was written by N.T. Wright, who is, he's amazing, has some amazing perspectives on a lot of different things. But this article talks about how in the Bible, the word lament really means to like want an answer about something terrible right. and not getting one. And you're mm-hmm. lamenting that you don't have an answer. And then he also, and there's though, a whole book in the Bible. Right. <laughs> oh, <to>. lamentations. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. I haven't seen any verses from lamentations yet pulled. <laughs> Interesting. Um, <laughs> you, you should start posting them. <laughs> Please just, do. <laughs> just post Ecclesiastes. There's a time or, for virus. Yeah. There's a time for, a time yeah. for but, um, the season. It, one connection that he makes in the article and we'll share the article at the end of our broadcast is that God also laments that he is grieved with, you know, like God grieves as well. Um, and he brings up several examples of that, whether it's Jesus with Lazarus or uh, Lazarus or God grieving um, at his creation for destroying the world pretty much that he created, um, you know, in the Genesis account. And so it's like, you know, the Christian actually has a God who sits with them in their in their grieving. And that's, and that's, what's so powerful about mm-hmm. the gospel. Not so much that, that we have an answer to everything. And I think part of that is just from like our, you know, it's a sign of the times, right? It's a very enlightenment, ration, rational kind of worldview of like, there's always an answer. We, we're always going to find a, an explanation for things. And I think that we've kind of put that um, worldview into um, onto a book that maybe isn't always trying to give you an answer and more it's trying to give you things to wrestle with. And we're very, for us, that's kind of a foreign idea of wrestling with something or not getting a clear answer or not getting an answer at all. And like you said, Jordan, instead we end up looking through the Bible and picking out verses that somehow mm-hmm. maybe can fit either making God super angry at the world or like 
you know, your breakthroughs coming after this or just hang tight because you're going to be a whole new person at the end of this. And listen, I mean, I also like hearing encouragement. I think those things can at times be helpful, but to make it seem like that's what the Bible is saying, I think is, you know, it's, it's kind of a stretch, frankly. Yeah. And it does a, it, hold on, Jordan. It does a disservice. I'll forget if I don't say it. <laughs> Me too. It, <laughs> it does a disservice to um, what the Bible actually does say about certain things. Like when you're going through times of trouble or trial, the Bible has very clear principles and instructions on how to act and how to come together um, not just physically, but spiritually and how to encourage one another. And so there are a lot of things and how to portray yourself to uh, the so society around us. There are a lot of things that the Bible does say that we should be doing, but let's forego all of those things so that we can better understand and, and have this particular verse from Deuteronomy uh, apply to what we're going through in the world today. And it's a direct uh, comparison. No. How about we do what Jesus taught us to do? How about we do what the apostles laid down for us? How about we follow the principles of scripture and, and uh, have a message of hope and a message of love and a message of care? How about we do those things instead of trying to fit every scenario that we go through into some Bible verse of the Old Testament? Well, yeah. I think um, uh, Tim Mackey has a couple of really good like overview of like all the books of the Bible and his overview of revelation. It's like almost a half hour, but he talks a lot about how this book is not about predicting the end of the world, even though so many Christians have created industries <laughs> off of doing that. I mean, the left behind series is a series based on the book of revelation. But again, I think when we do that, we, like you said, Rob, we, we do the Bible a disservice and we kind of rob it of what it's really trying to teach us. But the, mm -hmm. the issue is that I think it's, again, I mean, you're going from a whole different culture to this culture, we can miss a lot of things, you know, without trying to miss them. You know, you read it on a surface level, you're like, you interpret it through your own worldview, your own lens. So I can't necessarily fault people for trying to do their best to interpret, you know, this book, the Bible and trying to make sense of it. But um, it can also be a little dangerous sometimes, I think, you know? Yeah, I was going to say pretty much the exact same thing as you, Rob. <laughs> um, it's just in a slightly different way. Um, but my thought was just that when we take the Bible, which I think was intended more to shape who we are as people and who we are as the church, the body of Christ together as a community, and we try and have it shape like our individual reactions and responses to every single situation, that's where you start to get into trouble with taking things out of context because it's not meant to do that. Like you were saying, it's meant to, um, you know, inform who we are and then allow us to respond to our individual circumstances in kind, you know, how, you know, in the way that Jesus would respond to something, you know, or in the way that, you know, Paul taught the church to respond to something, um, even though it's not the same circumstance. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess um, now that we've kind of put, captured all of that together, I, I kind of want to shift a little bit and, and ask you guys a question, because I think there is another perspective that is happening inside of the Christian community that I think we need to address. And I can speak personally about it because hopefully she doesn't mind me saying this on Facebook Live, but this is something that Julia has struggled with being that she's pregnant, um, there's a virus going around, um, she's due in May, and she's like very worried and fearsome about what happens if I get it, what happens if this is still going on and you're not allowed to be in the delivery room with me, like I don't want to deliver a child alone, um, my parents won't be able to get here, and so there is this building up of fear and worry, and what should the Christian's response be? Um, in speaking to or encouraging someone that is struggling with fear or worry in a pandemic like this? It's very simple. You just pick out some Bible verses, <laughs> you throw them their way, and if they don't believe it, it's their fault. Yeah. So God's not giving you a spirit of fear, Rob. That's right. Be anxious about nothing. All right? It's a command. Moving on. What's next? Come on. <laughs> 
So I actually have thought about that as well because Sarah is also due in May. Um, and we're also at- state. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, personally, where I'm at right now is there things like this, you know, pandemics that like totally rocked your world. They kind of remind you how fragile life can be and how fragile your your culture can be right and just like how things in one sense they're very strong and durable in another sense they can be gone within a within a couple of days you know um and this for me has really taught me a lot of gratitude of things that i take for granted even meeting at church every sunday i'm like wow like i'm so used to doing that it feels so weird not to go to a church on sunday morning and worship <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, like sure it is bizarre or not being able just to go over to a friend's house and hang out. That's weird. And a lot of people don't have that privilege almost ever in their life. So that that's kind of a side note, but I think where I land now is I definitely have moments where I'm kind of freaked out. Um, But for me, what really helps me is knowing that the world has survived much worse, (laughs) much worse, and that we will get through this. And that if I am, um, if I just use wisdom, right? Like, okay, self-isolate or self-quarantine, wash my hands a lot, make sure I'm not hanging out with people during this time, like take care of Sarah. We're going to be okay. Like we're going to be okay. Now that, I know that, that human wisdom. I think that's God's wisdom. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I think so. You know, uh, I also know that not everyone has my circumstance. Some people have it a lot worse. You know, some people are paycheck to paycheck and their job just went away and their unemployment check has a come in they have major bills that are due and maybe their wife is pregnant you know it's like so it i think that these moments do remind us that like we do in one sense have to be very dependent and trust that god will provide but i think the way he provides is by giving us opportunities to take care of ourselves does that make sense so and then everyone's different i know some people who are like dude i swear to you one day a check came in the mail i still don't know who it's from it paid my mortgage i'm like that is amazing Seriously, that's unbelievable. That has never happened to me. And that's okay. But God has given me other ways of taking care of me. I work for, for my family business. And you know, we, we do okay for ourselves. We, Sarah and I were able to save a good amount of money, A, B, and C. You know? So that's how I see kind of God providing for me and Sarah, by giving us opportunities to take advantage of. You know? So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. At the same time, I think the other side is super important too, that you like, you can't discount. Um, let me say, put it this way, uh, in context and, uh, good biblical wisdom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Bible does have a lot to say about who we are as people and how we react in different circumstances and how we relate to each other through things. Um, and how we deal with things, even like anxiety and, stuff like that in our lives. Um, and definitely prayer is powerful too at the same time. And it's, I think the whole question on that, like anxiety and um, mental health kind of stuff. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's, it's, it's a balance, I think of, you know, as a Christian, how you approach it, because it has, it can't just be, well, say a prayer and trust God and you'll be fine. Um, and then not take any steps to, you know, change things or make a difference in your life at the same time. Um, what station I've been talking about a lot kind of to shift a little bit, but still in the realm of your question, Rob is kind of the, um, the whole idea of kind of confronting mortality, (laughs) um, because it's not something that, you know, normal people think about a whole lot, uh, even Christians and something like this happening definitely kind of throws it in your face a little bit. And um, yeah, I think one of the things that through talking about it, that God kind of just put on my heart was like, it's so important to understand truth about um, what it means to be a Christ follower and what it means for eternity to be a Christ follower. Um, And that's one of the biggest things I think in helping with like anxiety about death or just being unsure about things is to really dive into the truth of what the Bible has to say about, um, you know, what's going to happen to us, you know, and not rely on the, like the platitudes or the Sunday school 
answers, but really like check it out. Um, again, Tim Mackey has a great video called Heaven and Earth, I think is just mm -hmm. like one of the topical ones that they've done. Um, and it's, it's, that one's pretty short, actually. It's only like six or seven minutes long. And it's just a really good, like simple explanation that like, you know, God's intention is really the reunification of heaven and earth, his realm and the realm we live in, and not so much about where we go when we die, but it still speaks to kind of like, you know, what does death mean for us as Christians? Um, so those things, I, that's kind of like what we've been talking about some um, different than normal. <laughs> one, one thing that um, Julie and I were texting with my aunt today, you know, cause she was very thoughtful enough to, you know, kind of command us not to go even to the grocery store. She's like, listen, you're pregnant. I don't want you going out. Text me anything you need. I'll go pick it up and drop it off. And thankfully she did. She dropped off some loaves of bread and some milk and some soup and we're very <laughs> thankful for that so shout out to you Nomi. um but one of the things she said because she knows that julia has been struggling was um i have to keep reminding myself not to borrow worry from tomorrow because he's already there and i i just thought very simple but i thought it was a good scriptural biblical based um phrase just to say in a different way, yeah, we know that the most common command of scripture is fear not or something of that sort. But this is a reminder of who God is. It's a reminder of what Christ is to us. It reminds us of who we are and where we're going. And it says, and it's just that that simple reminder carries us through, well, I don't have to worry about tomorrow because yeah, we can confront mortality. It may be my time to go tomorrow, but that is still in that it, that doesn't negate God's care for me. It doesn't negate who God says that he is. It doesn't negate what God is desiring to do in my life. And so I shouldn't have this build up fear or worry or anxiety, even though those are, you know, human emotions that we do have to deal with and we have to cope with and we have to get through. But I think a constant reminder of who God is and who we are and what we mean to him can help in times of extreme worry or extreme uh, fear or a pandemic like this. Yeah. It's also a good reminder that this whole life is a gift. I mean, nothing we could there's nothing we could have done to have been given the gift of life or to be born to this world. We had no control over that. Mm -hmm. And um, we obviously don't have much control over how our life even turns out in a lot of ways, you know, like ultimately. And so it's helped, you know, this season of just, you know, it's, it's weird days, man. Like I was telling Sarah today, like my days are, they just don't feel normal. There's a certain air that's yeah. like, this is weird, you know, and there are healthcare workers who are on the front lines and they're seeing like, man, I can't begin to think about like what some people are seeing in hospitals working so many hours with like limited gear right now. It's, sure. it's a weird thing. Like it's, and it's, it's a worldwide issue. Like every human, uh, pro most of them anyway, on, on the planet, like are going through some form of quarantine or, uh, or are worried about this, you know? And um, I think that you're right, Jordan. There's a lot of, I think like the Psalms are just so, I, I think these are moments where times of sorrow in the Bible become very real. And you're like, oh, like, I I get it. And I actually find a lot of comfort knowing that a lot of people in the Bible also had a lot of worry and also, you know, mm -hmm. doubted and also were wondering where God was. Like, it's not just yeah. me. Mm -hmm. It's not just you. <laughs> David is wondering in Psalms, like, God, where are you? I don't see you here, you know? So yeah. I appreciate in that sense, the human nature of the Bible mm -hmm. of it's a very human book in that way of people are honest and, and it, life can be scary sometimes, you know, and, and we have this hope that God will make all things new. Um, and whether he does that, you know, right now, or does it in a thousand years from now or a hundred years from now, isn't up to us, but that's a hope that we have to trust that can happen at any time and that we can be part of helping to make that, that happen. You know, like, I don't think that we have full control over that, obviously, but I think that God puts us on earth to rule over the earth well and i think that's part of it so it just helps me really stay focused on 
that God is still working in the earth and God's still doing good. And he's using people to accomplish a lot of his will. And that, that's really amazing. Yeah. I, I do like Russell's question, you know, kind of as we are wrapping up and, and, you know, and nearing the end of the episode, but Russell uh, posed the question, what are a couple of the benefits of God that you treasure the most in your life generally, and especially in this, uh, coronavirus season so i'm not responding to anything that russell writes so. <laughs> good jordan and i will good <laughs> he's a heretic me no russell <laughs> and you and, and you <laughs> and you like what was the question again like what are what, basically what, what are what are some things that god has given to you that you benefit most in or that you treasure most in life just generally because and then especially in light of this pandemic? Um, first thing that comes to mind is just like family, whether mm -hmm. it's actual family or friends that are close like family um, and the ability to, no, not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> um, but just the ability to still like spend time together uh remotely with people um we've gotten to uh zoom chat with my large family a couple times which has been cool and uh and just being close my brother lives across the street from us and we're quarantined and they're quarantined so we we're like eh, we can come over <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that would be my answer mm -hmm. um I, I have a renewed appreciation for the peace of God. Um, there is a real sense where our human emotions can be things that are used by God to draw us closer to him. So even, you know, Julie and I were talking about this, even in fear and worry, those are two emotions that are real valid emotions of the human experience that can be used to draw me closer to God. And I think I have a renewed sense of appreciation for those moments and those times of, well, maybe, especially in this circumstance, I, I can't go out and cure the coronavirus. I just, I don't have that mental capacity. Just pray harder and you will. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a sense in which I can lift up other people in prayer. I can lift up my wife in prayer. I can draw closer to God who does know all things and all people in their circumstances. Um, and I definitely ag agree with you, Jordan, that family is, um, I, I appreciate it a lot more, especially, you know, I put Elijah down at night and he looks at me and he's like, dad, you don't have to go to work tomorrow. Like, <laughs> no, I don't. I can stay here. And yeah, I'm working during the day, but he comes down from his nap and my office is right at the bottom of the stairs. And he just knocks on the door. He's like, dad, I took a big rest. Can I just <laughs> come be with you? And he'll just play in the office as I'm working. But I appreciate that time that we're able to spend together, even if it's not intentional, you know, we're doing something together, but mm -hmm. I can spend time with my family. Yeah. Tim, you have to answer now. Because <laughs> we both said something heartfelt, and you're going to look like a jerk if you don't. <laughs> I'm grateful I don't have to see Russell during the score. <laughs> Russell, he loves you, really. I thought I think I already answered it, you know? Like, yeah, you did. Um, I think I answered it. I, I'm grateful for what I get to do at my church. I'm grateful for the friends I have that I get to see whenever I want until now. Obviously, I'm grateful for my family. So all those things, you know, it's it, I think one of the silver linings in all of this is that it does kind of make you reflect on what really matters in life yeah. um, and also makes you grateful for the freedoms that we do have here. I mean, I know that, you know, we I give America a hard time for a lot of things, but the reality is that we are very free in what we get to do. Um, and a lot of people don't have that privilege. And I feel like I'm almost kind of living some of that for what people live almost every day for their whole life, you know, so. I'm just very grateful for the stuff that we get to do. Um, and I'm looking forward to things getting back to normal, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever it does. So. Well, I think that was a good episode. I think so, too. That's all I really got. 
<laughs> I have a couple of buddies in here who join. I'm not sure they're still watching, but I would love to tackle Calvinism eventually. And tomorrow is Trump Tuesday. And <laughs> at some point we should talk about Trump and the Christian <laughs> um, obsession with him. I would, But the thing <laughs> is, like, I don't know. So here's the thing. I need people who argue with me in in this chat to argue with us because I want to give them a chance to, like, say their piece. But they're not here. I, I give them a heads up. I tell them we're going live. And all I got is crickets. So I don't want to hear you people argue with me on my statuses, but I'm giving you a chance to come clean now in front of the whole world. So, well, you should tell people now that as of now, our plan is to go live again. When Thursday, Thursday, Thursday evening. Yeah. I think Thursday evening. So if you've watched this much of this episode, now you have a, a heads up. Yes. And thank you for joining with us. If you have any feedback for us, besides Russell, you can send us a message and uh yeah we'll go from there thanks for checking out the coffee theology and jesus podcast you can always drop us a line on facebook or through our email podcast at coffee theology and jesus.com as we love to hear from our listeners until next time drink coffee discuss theology and love jesus